God gave me a word, and I'm excited about that word. Thank you, Jesus. I always remember Pastor Pinson saying at the end of the year, starting around September, October, you start feeling like things are closing up, things are ending. That's because they are. So what you're feeling is right. Things are ending and a new season is starting. So we say goodbye to 2016 and welcome to 2017 for what God has for us. Amen. So I know when we're, when we're in those seasons where it seems like there's an ending and there's a new beginning starting in our life, that that's the best time to pray, seek God, worship, and give. At those times in my life, I give more than any other time. When I feel nothing, that's when I plant my seed. Isaac gave in the land of famine. He gave when there was famine. So when you feel famine, it's time to give. And I'm not just talking about money today, but I am also talking about money. The word that God put into my heart for this year, for today, I know we go to Dr. Marcella, we leave tomorrow, and, you know, the, the actual vision for the year, the word, the, that will come forth. But the word that he gave me for this service, starting our new year, was first fruits. Somebody say first fruits. So let's read Exodus chapter 23, verse 14. We'll start there. It says, Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month Abed. For in it thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. Three times in the year all thy males shall appear before the Lord God. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, neither shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning. In other words, don't let anything go over into 2017. Let those things be done with. Let those grievances, let those vows that you made that you didn't break. Now, God may come back later and say, well, go ahead and you pay that vow. But I'm talking about the guilt and the condemnation. He says, shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning? The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. And then it goes on to say what you're going to get when you do these things. God is a giver. He's not a taker. Somebody say, God is a giver. He is not a taker. So verse 20, Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in thy way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. There's times in our life we don't know where to go. In our ministries and in the future, I mean, we have the vision of what God's put in us for this season, but there comes a time where you need a fresh word from God. You need something that's going to carry you through. And at one time years ago, I was at this place, God, what next? And he said, he told, he, now when I speak of God speaking to me, I speak in the parable of how he said it to me by the Spirit of God. But he said, behold, God showed me, he said, 
the angel's going to take you there. I said, God, how are we going to fulfill the vision of Freedom Ministries? Uh, I, how are we going to? We know what God said, that he called us to take the people into the promised land so they can live in victory 100% of the time. Now, God, at this place in my life, how are we going to get there from here? And he said, the angel's going to take you there. You don't have to do it yourself. You just do, you let the angel bring you into it by obedience, by obeying God, by obeying the spirit of God. But he says, when that angel comes, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. God loves his name. He's sending an angel with his name in him. I need to obey that. Amen. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in to the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and all those sites. And God said he'll cut them off. Hallelujah. Somebody say he's going to cut off all my enemies. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor after, do after their works, but thou shalt utterly. Somebody say utterly. utterly. Not partway, utterly. Overthrow them. Somebody say I'm overthrowing some demons in my, that's, that's hindering my life. When they get out of this service, they're going to be overthrown. And I'm going into the year of 2017 with a new fresh start, with a new beginning. Because I'm obeying the angel of the Lord. I'm obeying what God told me to do. And he said, bring before me your first fruits. And that's what y'all did today when you came into the house of the Lord on the New Year's Day. You came and you've given God your first fruits this morning. Hallelujah. He sees it. And he wants you to know he sees it. And all those people laying in the bed, they might have to struggle a little more to get those Amorites off of them. But the ones that's listening to the voice of God, listening to the word of God, you're in the place where God's saying, don't worry about it. That my angel's coming, and he's got my name in him. And when he comes, he's going to take you in. Hallelujah. He's going to take you in your promised land. He's going to take you in victory. Glory to the living God. Hallelujah. Plus, when you love him, you want to give him your first fruits, your last fruits, your middle fruits. Hey, <laughs> it's not a struggle. Thank you, Jesus. He said, don't bow down. Don't compromise. If the whole world compromises, it's Jesus. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to become like the world. You don't, we're in it, but we're not of it. I don't have to be like the world. I can say no. I can say no, my kids don't watch that. No, my kids don't trick or treat. No, no, no. My kids don't go to rated R movie. No, no, no. I don't have to compromise. Amen. He said utterly, break down their images. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. That means no miscarriages. I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. 
and I will make it all thy enemies turn their backs unto me, unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before thee. You don't have to drive them out yourself. Somebody's fighting you. God said, I'll send my hornets after them. He said, you, my, you, are, you are mine. You're the first fruits. You're the creature. Jesus was the first fruit, and then we became a first fruit. Amen. I will not drive them out before thee in one year. See, this is the vision of Freedom Ministries. I've heard people say, all that came out of me when I got saved. Really? Why you still talk about it? Why is that bitterness still, still down in there? Why is it always about your ex and ex and ex and this and that and the other? That means there's something still down in there. I can say I forgive you with my lips, but my heart be far from that. He said, I won't, I won't drive all that out in one time, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. But by little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou shalt be increased and inherit your land. Amen. That's the vision of Freedom Ministries. So, God, we just give you praise today, and we thank you, Lord, for what you said when we give our first fruits that we get back. And when you look in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 14, they gave the best. They gave the first fruits of their meat. They gave the first fruits of their corn. They beat it, and it was dried by fire. Any of y'all feel beaten after 2016 and dried out? He said, give them the best, give them the first ripe, the first sheep, the first of your oil, the first of your wine, the first of your wheat. Hallelujah. Let's look at Exodus uh, chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Make sure I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I put an example in 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to look at an example of this. Verse 38. And we see where Elijah came to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Sit on the great pot and seed pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into a field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. Has there been death in your finances? Has there been death in your relationships? Has there been death in your body, in your health? But he said, excuse me, y'all. But he said, then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. Then there came a man from Bathshalisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits. Wait a minute. There's death in the pot. And then Elisha just, he throws meal in there to try to make enough for the people to eat. But when we see, when we read on, it still wasn't enough food. He says, there came a man from Bathshalisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. 
And he said, give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, what, should I set this before a hundred men? This is, this is not enough. He said again, give the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. So sometimes when your finances aren't working right, when there's death in the pot, when it seems like it's never going up, it's always going down, it may be time to give a first fruit offering. He said, come before me three times a year. So it's not just January, you know. That's man put, put the years in like that. So if there's things in your relationship, it might be time to, to give. And like I said, I'm not just talking about money. My husband, I, for years, you know, you've got to know how your spouse is built. If you want to make it work with your spouse, find out what they like. Find out what, what uh, makes them feel, have value. And I just, maybe a month ago, saw this about my husband. Because he grew up with a very controlling atmosphere, if I just said, honey, if he's going in the kitchen and I say, honey, would you bring me some water? He'll tell me something to do first. Yeah, if you'll, if you'll uh, turn that TV to channel 12. So that's always been, and I was like, God, what is that? And he showed me one day. He said, because whatever he grew up in, whatever we grow up in, we take it in our marriages if we're not delivered from it. So he thought I was, anytime he heard would you, then that's control to him. Anytime he heard it, will you, that's control. She's just trying to control me. So she's going to do something to, for me first. And then I'm not going to be controlled. Now I know he's not thinking that with his mind, but when something happens over and over and over like that, it's like I'm scared. And then when I'm sick, he'll say, why didn't you ask me to bring you some Pepto? Well, I'm scared to ask you because I'm scared you're going to say, mm, you know, or, or anything to keep me from asking so he won't feel controlled. Because when we control our children, that's the last thing they want to be is submitted to somebody. They have to be delivered out of that, you know. And I'm not asking to submit to me at home. I'm submitting to him at home. But I'm saying that when I saw that, see, instead of just fighting, 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 let's find out. Let's get to the root of the problem. Why did this keep happening in our marriage? I won't ask him, and then I'll ask him again because he wants me to ask him, and then he's like, well, if you'll wash the car, I'll, go, I'll, you know, whatever. But I was like, okay, what is that? Immediately it makes you feel degraded and shut down and belittled because it's the spirit behind it. It's not the man saying, would you do this for me? That's two different things. We obey we submit to the man and not a spirit. We submit, we, we respect the woman, but not the control. We don't have to give in to their control, but we do submit to the person. We submit to the man or the woman. So I said, God, how can this change? And it was when I was studying about these first fruits, and it sounds like a little thing here, but when you've been married 20 years and that's the reoccurring factor, and you're wondering why, what's trying to make us not be in unity because they, uh, um, automatically, I'm feeling less than, beat up, degraded. And when a woman feels like that, she's not going to ask you for much. She's going to feel real beat down. And then you're going to feel like you're not providing for her. So this had to be fixed in our marriage. And I said, God, what can I do? Remember, 
When Elijah said, what's in your house? What's in your house? When there was no oil, he said, what's in your house? What can you give? And I said, he didn't say what's in their house. What's in your house? Give to him first. Give to him first. Oh, yes, okay. So I made it my commitment in 2017, and I already started. You know, I, I try to think of any time I go in the kitchen. I don't care if he wants it or not. I bring it to him. Uh, you want me to go get your clothes from the cleaner? I get to him before he can ask me to do anything, and I do it for him first. And do you know that man is changing? He's, he's just, it's just changing, and I'm changing, and the relationship's changing because he feels like he's not being controlled. He feels like he's being honored and respected, and I'm willing. Are you willing to do things like that so there can be a change in your relationship, or do we always have to let it be about us? See, I'm willing to sow that first fruit into that man. Because I see the potential in him. And even if I didn't, God tells me to. Tells me to honor and respect him and submit. So, but especially when you see the potential in someone, you can give first. You can give. You can die to this flesh. We can die to this flesh daily. This flesh is going to, it's going to be gone. It's not going to be worth being right. It's not going to be worth raising our heads up and not letting nobody put us underneath them. It's, all that's going to vanish. All that's going to pass away. Somebody say, I'm going to do it for them first. Before I ask anybody else to do something for me, I'm going to do something for them first. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we see where Jesus, he's the firstborn of many brethren. The Bible says that he is predestined, we're predestined to be formed into his image, and he's the firstborn of many brethren. Romans 8, 29. We see what, where Mary, when she had him, she had her first, her first son, her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And then James 1.18, somebody looked that up today. James 1.18. God's going to come in and do something in us today. Thank you, Jesus. James 1.18. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren, and then we come along, and we're, you're God's first fruit creatures. You, you know, you're his people. You're his, he, he looks down and he sees you, and he's, he sees you as his son. He sees you special. He sees you where he wants to make us first in the kingdom, but we got to become least in the kingdom before we become first in the kingdom. Amen? And Romans 1.8 says that first, I'm going to give God thanks for you all first. Somebody say, I'm going to do something first from now on. I'm going to quit waiting on somebody else to do something for me, and I'm going to do it first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Thank you. What did it say? Seek ye first the kingdom. Then all those things will be added unto us. Not seek the stuff first. Seek the kingdom first. Amen. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barn. What you going to get? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Hallelujah. 
How in the world do we think things should be given to us first before we give anything? It's not scriptural. He already gave you eternity. He already gave us Jesus to keep us out of hell. And we still want him to bless us without any giving him anything and, and just give, give, give. But God says when you do these things, that's when you're going to be filled with plenty and your presence burst out with new wine. Amen. Let's look at Ezekiel 44. I think it's 29. Let me see. Ezekiel 44. I got a new Bible, so here we are. That's what I collect. I give the other ones away. I get a new one, and I give the other ones away. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 44. I had never seen this until I read it the other day. If I find it. So Jesus says, what God's command is telling us, they shall eat the meat offerings and the sin offering and the trespass offering, and every dedicated thing in Israel shall be theirs. And the first of all the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblations, shall be the priest. You shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough, that he may cause the blessing to rest in thine house. So your first fruits don't go all over the country. They go to the house that feeds you. And so, so your priest can put a blessing upon your house. Amen. It says, The priest shall not eat of anything that is dead of itself or torn, whether it be fowl or beast. So God wants us to give him our first. Amen. He wants me to give him my first. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at who gets to see him first. Let's look at Mary. We see where Mary in Mark 16, 9 and 10. Let's look at it. Now when Jesus, this is after Jesus was crucified. Who was there at the tomb first? Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. So they're over there in depression, and she's running and being there first. And, you know, the person that gives her first, they believe. Because none of the other ones believed, Jesus, that the stone was rolled away. Mary went to tell them, and they didn't believe because the Bible even says when you have something like a grievance and, and if you want to go tell that, the person that comes first, they're probably the one that's going to be believed. Um, so when we go first, when we're the first ones, we're the ones that get to see Jesus. Remember Nicodemus when he ran ahead of everybody else and he got to go home. Jesus went home with him. Hallelujah. So we see where David, where he ran ahead when he was taking cheese and bread to his brothers. 
And he said, who is this undefiled Philistine that comes against the living God? And he went first. The Bible said he hasted after Goliath. He ran ahead. He went first. He didn't wait. Even in your battles, even in your battles, go first after that thing and tear it up and pull it down, casting every hot thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and pull it down in the spirit realm and you will see change in your natural realm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it. Thank you, Jesus. Remember the angel that troubled the water and said, whoever will go in first will be healed. Somebody say, I want to be first today. I'm going to be first today. Remember the blind man when he hollered out and they said, make him quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And he hollered out the louder. He hollered past the crowd. Remember the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed in. She went in when she wasn't even supposed to be there because of that issue that cast him out. But she said, I've got to touch the hem of his garment. And she went first. You want a healing in your life? You want a deliverance in your life? You want a breakthrough in your life? Well, go first. Go before the crowd. Press past everybody else. Say, God, I'm willing. God, I'm going. God, I'm ready. If I'm not ready, make me ready, God. Hey, y'all taught out all about sate. Make me ready, God. I come first. I hasten, God. I hasten to the altar. I hasten to the call of God. I run after you instead of from you, God. I run close to you instead of away from you. I surrender all to you, God. I give you my all. I give you my all, God. And when I've given you that, I give you my praise. When I've given you everything else, I give you my worship. When I've done everything else, I lay at your feet and I pull the oil on your feet. And I say, God, I love you. I need you. I want you in my life. Help me, God. Take me to the next level. Help me, God. Give me a revelation of first fruit. Give me a revelation of giving to you first. Give me a revelation, God, of giving in my relationships first. I give it first. God, you say go to Africa? Okay, God. I give it to you, God. I know I'm not the best preacher, but you said go. I give you my first fruit. You say play the keyboard. Okay, God. I don't know how, but you're going to teach me. You say sing. I'm going to give you my first fruits, God. I'm going to honor you with all my substance, and I'm going to increase. I'm going to increase in the land because I give to you first, God. I give you first. I give you my time. I give you my energy. I give you my children. I give you my house. I give you my car. Hey, somebody said I give him a new song. Hey, Nehemiah, they went year by year bringing their offering. Hannah, she went year by year. After she gave that baby back to God, she would go year by year and bring him a little coat. Somebody say, I got to remember the first fruit. I got to remember. It's a new season coming up. It's a new time. It's a new day. And God, I want to start off fresh. I want to start off fresh, God. Maybe I didn't put you first in 2016, maybe I put flesh first. But God, I want to put you first. I want to put flesh on the altar and say, God, here am I. Use me, God. Use my life. 
There is another uh, disciple, the Bible says, in John chapter 20, verse 8, says that other disciple with Peter, he went first to the sepulcher, and he saw and he believed. Somebody say, I'll just jump in and I'll believe. You will. You just start obeying what you think is God. You'll have so much faith because all of a sudden you're doing things that you wouldn't have never done before. But you got to do it first. You got to not let that mind come in and say, say all those things. Amen. Some of us in Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. We don't give God our first anymore because we left our first love. But the Bible says, this is how you fix that. See, I hear people say, you lost your first love, but they never told me how to fix it. But when you read it, Revelation 2 and 4, said you left your first love, said you can fix it by doing your first works over. What does that mean? That means you quit trying to be something you're not. And you sit down and you say, God, I need a breakthrough. I don't, I don't need to act like I'm all that anymore. I just need to sit down and let you work in me, and then you're going to use me when you want to. I need to go back to my first fruits so I can fall in love with you again. And when I fall in love with you again, all these other things won't matter anymore. When I fall in love with him, he will be first. Julie told me the other day, said he has her heart. Does he have your heart? Because your treasure is where your heart is. So what you spend your most time doing, that's your, that's your heart. If, if you're seeking God more than anything else, he's your heart. If you're seeking something else more than God, that's your heart. Amen? Somebody say, God, the angel's going to take me in. Mark 3, 27, the Bible says, until you bind the strong man, until you bind him. Let's read it, Mark 3, 27. Y'all don't have to leave the altar. I'm going to share a few more scriptures, and we'll go. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, I'm going to give him my first proofs. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he will first bind the strong man. Then he spoils his house. See, we try to bind things with our mouth without spoiling the, the, the house of the enemy. In the Bible, they didn't do that. They had to go spoil those Egyptians. They had to go, they had to do something naturally, not just say words. You know, I believe in saying words, but what did it just say? Let's look at the word. It says, no man can enter into a strong man's. That's the things that keep us bound. That's the things that keep our money bound. If your money's bound, a strong man's keeping it bound. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods. That means you get the fruit of those goods, except he will first bind the strong man. Then he will spoil his house. Somebody say, I got to go into the spirit and find out the problem. You know, I, I remember we had poverty on our life. It don't matter how much money you get when you have poverty on your life. Somebody, you can win the lottery today. It's going to dwindle down in that poverty spirit. It's happened to so many, and it's destroyed their life. 
So if it's a spirit, you've got to go in the spirit, locate your enemy, and then cast him out. You can't cast something out that you don't locate. You don't even know the problem. We think we know the problem. I didn't know the problem. I can blame it on my husband. I can blame it on me. I can blame it on three children and dentist bills. But what is the problem? If every January we were broke, every January we were broke, and I'm saying, God, I give you my life. God, I give you my life. One day I got sick of being broke. I got sick of bumming a ride to prayer leaving 20 miles out. Got sick of it. I said, I'm going to go get a job. Pastor Pinson said, you better get to that altar. It's okay to work, but it wasn't okay for me to work at the time. My work is to get myself to prayer and read another word. But I would say, I'm going to get a job. And she said, you better get to that altar. And I went, went to the altar. God, if I've got to bum around every time, I just will. Because I'm going to do what you said. And you said for me to give myself to prayer. I didn't have no titles in the church. I just come into prayer. And that's what God said to me. But I went home and I got in just worshiping, praising God. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was probably 17 years ago. And I was sitting in that floor in that trailer down at the river. And I said, God, help me. What is this over our money? What is this? And I was ready to go to the Marcella conference. And I'd tell mom I either have to have Christmas or the conference. And she'd say, why can't you do both? Well, that blew my mind. What you talking about? Willie, what you talking about, Willie? Do both? I either got to sacrifice my kids or what? And that time she said, do both. And I said, okay, God, I don't have $3,000 to go to the conference. You know what I did? Now, I'm not saying do this unless God tells you. But I had to do some drastic things to come out of that poverty. And I wouldn't even buy myself any shoes. And I wasn't going to buy a dress over $29. And it had to come from Kato's, which I, I love Kato's. But I'm just saying, I, uh-uh, you, you're not taking me into Belk or Dillard's. Uh-uh. Because I would get sick. How do you know you have a spirit? Because you get sick when you try to do something different. You, unless you're delivered, you know. And when I would try, I'd go shopping with them. And Mama said, if you don't buy them shoes, I'm buying them for you. They were $50. $50, you know how much lunch money I can use with $50? $50. And I remember literally nauseated buying them shoes. But I was going to obey my leader. And I bought them shoes, and, it, and, and that was the first step, you know. And then this came on in at the end of the year about this spirit. And I was sitting there, and I saw a big black, um, I'll say it's like a, it just, it was just a black thing, maybe like a, a bat, a big bat, though. And that bat was covered over us. It was like a blanket over our home, over our family, over our life. And when I saw it, I said, you spirit of poverty. So if you want to know what he looks like, that's what he, you spirit of poverty, which what would a bat do, come suck every bit of blood, suck every bit of life you got out and smother you, come out and then God immediately started showing me when my husband was little and his mom didn't have no husband and she had five children and and because I had done broke this off of my life and I knew it and that's what pastor said you never broke what is this you never broke 
I don't know. It's been this many years. And it, it came from a generational curse. And I said, you generation of poverty on my husband. And do you know, don't nobody hardly, hardly, hardly at the meal make more than him? Mm-mm. I'm just saying, poverty broke. Poverty broke. But you got to walk out of poverty. You can't get them prayers and go home and still don't go buy them shoes. You got to do it and you got to trust God. If you want a breakthrough, if you want real change, then when you see it in the spirit and you come out of that, you come out of that prayer, then you walk through it. The just walk by faith. It takes faith to come out of a stronghold, something that's been put on you, something that's a habit, something that you've done all for all your life it takes faith to walk out of it but you can walk out of it and that that year I got on that plane took my hope my husband and my three children to Dr. Marcerelli it was a three thousand dollar trip and what I had to do though give up my whole income tax see that's what we don't want to do we want God just say here so I had to say okay God $3,000 to pay all this debt off. That's probably about all we owed, you know. It'll probably pay it all off. Mm -mm. What what did you see in prayer? I saw in prayer to be delivered of this poverty and to get on that plane and to believe God. And we was sharing hamburgers, but we did it. We was sharing hamburgers on that trip. My boys was halving them because $8 a burger, I said, y'all have that. See, I wasn't all the way free, but I was walking out of that thing. Amen? Walking out of that. And so now we go every year, twice a year, and I don't have any debt when I get home. Amen? You can come through it. Hallelujah. We were praying in the fast this week about integrity. And one of the things we prayed about was procrastination. Oh, you know that's a spirit. And what we saw with procrastinators is they cause unbelief. Because we, we put things off and we put things off that God tells us to do. And then people watch our life. And, and we also, if someone asks you to do something, you might say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get back with you. Then you don't. They don't believe. When you tell somebody you're going to do something and you don't do it, which is against integrity, because integrity is honesty. One of the things of it, wholeness, undivided, one, unity. And when you say, yeah, I'll I'll have you some CDs next week, and you don't do it, it causes unbelief in the church. You say, oh, it just causes unbelief to that person. It causes unbelief because leaders say, I'm going to do this, and they're not there, or they're late, or they're sloppy, or they're halfway. It causes unbelief. And that is why God can't do any mighty miracles in the Word because of people's unbelief. So we want to break that spirit out of God's people and out of our church and off of each one of you, off all the leaders, that, that lying demon because it's a liar, procrast- not, just not doing what you say you're going to do is lying. It's not okay. Somebody say it's not okay to not do what I say. Hallelujah. It it makes people not believe. It makes people not trust. And then, especially your children, they don't believe that God's going to do it either because the mom and daddy didn't do it. Why? And we say, oh, just believe God. Well, can they believe you? 
Oh, just believe God. Uh, can they believe you when you say you are grounded, you are not going out? And then you turn around and let them go. You're lying. Somebody give us integrity. <clears throat> let 2017 be a year, God, that we come forth and we give you our heart. We, give, we seek you first. And we do what you're calling us to do, God. And we quit this halfway sloppy stuff. We quit because all that is is not committing to God. We can say it's not committing to a leader all day. I don't know where I belong. Yes, you do. You belong in the hands of the Lord. You belong in his altar. You belong <clears throat> committed to the call of God on your life. You belong to do what God asks you to do. That's where you belong. <clears throat> Somebody say, if I do those things, then I'm going to belong. Hallelujah. We give you praise for it. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so if you want prayer today, if you're a procrastinator, if you have a battle with integrity of just keeping your word, if you want to make a new commitment of giving God your first fruits this year, which means seek him early and you'll find him, your early may be 12. Well, seek him first. Seek him first. Seek him first. And then you'll have all these other things. Somebody say, I'm going to seek him first. Everything I do in 2017, I'm going to do first. I'm not going to sit around and wait on people to serve me. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. He gave up heaven to come and serve us. And we're the firstborn, first fruits of his creatures. So we need to be the same. We need to become servants and not people that want someone to serve us because that's wanting other people to do it first. I'll be good if my husband would do this. I'll do good if she'll do that. That's not the way that God does things. He does it first. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and he gave him first. He gave him without asking us, and he's still giving to us freely. Your salvation is free. He's not saying, he's not standing in heaven saying, I give you my son if you do this. I give you my son. You know, your wife needs some, she needs an aspirin. I, I'll give you, if you make sure my clothes are out for work. God didn't do that to us. He gave when he didn't know he going to have a return. Hallelujah. Give us that kind of heart, to, heart today, God. Help us to lay self on the altar. And seek you first, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. We thank you for teaching us, God. We thank you for showing us. We give you praise. You know, there was two brothers in the Bible, and I'm fixing to close it. Two brothers in the Bible. And the parable is, one. I can't remember the leader, but just say the father asked him, said, will you do this for me? And he said, no, just flat out. The other brother said, yes, and then he didn't do it. And then, so in the parable, it's like, which one of these do you think is the best? And they said, the one that did it. No, Jesus said, the one that, neither one of them was the best. The sinner and the publican, they want me. They, they want me <clears throat> with their pure heart. They don't come to me and say no. They don't come to me and lie and say they'll do it, and they don't do it. I wish I could find that. I put it on here, but <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's about 
It's two brothers. I guess I don't know where I put it. But anyway, one of them said no, and the other one said he wouldn't, he didn't. And so God's saying, neither one of that's good. Tell me no's not good and lying to me is not good. It's better for a sinner and a publican to come to me than have that. That's basically what he's saying. Hallelujah. Thank you. So we're going to repent today. God, we ask that you forgive us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for showing us these areas where we put self first. We put self on the throne. We did what we wanted to do, and then we put you last. That's procrastination, God. And we just ask you to help us, Lord. Show us that that's not the will of God. That's not the way that you have us to be. In Jesus' name.